Everybody was forceful fighting. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Wes, Hank, and Andy. And uh, as you can surmise by that intro, <laughs> we are back with uh, part seven of the Ahsoka Fano show as we go through uh, part seven of uh, Ahsoka, the live action series now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Bittersweet, man. We're so close to the, the end. So close to the end already. It's like it feels like moments ago we were like, "Oh, yeah. we're it's part seven of our road to a soda show." <laughs> yeah, I know. I I was probably I was a few minutes into this week's episode when I when I looked up and I said to myself, "Hmm, we're not getting any resolution next week." <laughs> I mean. This isn't going to resolve in one more episode. No, no, there's um, no way it can. I, I I question if anybody's going back right now. To be honest, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense for anybody to go back. Almost. I mean, like we said in the chat, um, there's plenty of time to resolve a, a Thrawn Imperial resurgence, and even yeah. not to have talked about it much. True. You know, like there's true, there's yeah. time. Um. You know, like when the novels were coming out, the legend stuff, and then the uh, comics started doing legend stuff, they were just kind of like, okay, Heir to the Empire happened five years after Turn of the Jedi, so Dark yeah. Empire happens uh, five years later after that. That's right, yeah. So they <laughs> we'll just, just leave kinda, some space. Right. Let's just leave that open. So, yeah. But that's okay. That's okay. The ride has been amazing. Exceptional. Awesome. Uh, this could have easily have been, and I wonder if at one point maybe it had been conceptualized as a film because it certainly has a, a huge cinematic quality to it mm. easily, which I have very much enjoyed. I've really enjoyed that aspect of it, to be honest. Uh, really enjoyed the camera work on this one and uh, the effects. Oh my God. The effects on this have just been through the roof. Now, um, as we talked about, uh, the last couple of episodes, and I just want to make sure that it's in, uh, everybody's face that we are hosting our first ever, uh, live watch party on, uh, this coming Tuesday. Can I just push the wrong button? Yeah, it's okay. Uh, that's the right one. <laughs> this coming Tuesday, we are hosting our first ever live watch party with all of you. You're all invited. Uh, we will be watching the, the season finale. Hope you'll come along and join us. I promised that I would have a, a countdown a timer ready for this, and I do have one. Um, we'll run through it at the end of tonight's show, just so everybody who's watching has a rough idea of how this is going to work on Tuesday night. And then we'll uh, get on with the, the business uh, then, I guess. The business of enjoying it. <laughs> now, before uh, we get into uh, tonight's business about the episode, we should probably open things up with another one of them old bad Star Wars jokes. Man, that guy. Every time. You know, you know. Hey, guys. Where do uh, New Republic Navy officers take their uh, breaks at work? Hmm. At Zeb at the bar. <laughs> 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 well, you're on to something, Andy. Hmm. Where do they take their breaks? 
Well, this totally ties into the, into tonight's episode. They take their breaks at the Admiral snack bar. Nice. <laughs> Too many calories. It's a trap. <laughs> Our taste buds can't <laughs> repel flavor of that magnitude. <laughs> nice. That was totally worth that, by the way. Oh my gosh, that was so good. Uh, tonight's uh, thumbnail looks a lot like that. It's, uh, what are we talking about here? Mothman. Is, um, Coming back finally. Yeah, uh, getting a little bit more of an expanded role this time. Uh, this time, not only as the Chancellor of the New Republic, but also as a, a, a judge, apparently. On like a tribunal type situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Busy yeah. lady, member of the Defense Corps, I guess, the Defense Council. Uh, see, that I'm a little confused at that now. Because I'm confused about there, some of this. There's, <laughs> this there's a very specific, political. yeah, there's a very specific event in this episode that makes me go, wait a minute, because that's how I originally thought it was presented that she and uh, Ziono and Maywood and all the others, they were part of this defense council or, right. or Republic military council. And now we're led to believe that that's not necessarily true. So if that's like a Pardon Senate me. meeting. There's yeah. very few members in this new Republic. That uh, absolutely was a courtroom. Uh, yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially the way it was set up. I mean, it was set up with the uh, um, uh, prosecution defense, uh, defense counsel, by the way, her, her defense counsel who didn't say a damn word was uh, Vic Hawkins. The, the first officer that <laughs> we were kind of like, mm, I don't think he likes her right now. Mm-hmm. Make something up. Yeah. <laughs> This week's uh, episode, uh, Dreams and Madness, uh, plucked right out, out of Bale and Skull's line in uh, our last episode, Far, Far Away. What do we think about the title this week? Not bad. A little bit of uh, both going through there. I was having a hard time connecting the, the, the words to the visuals that we got this week. I'm not going to lie. Fair enough. Not going to lie. Well, um, you, and you... let... Yeah, unless it's unless it's more veiled than 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 all that, uh, which it certainly could be. Um, like, <clears throat> what if the stuff with Ezra isn't at face value? Hmm. There's a few things I I don't think are well. I wouldn't say a few. There is some things that I think are not at face value that I want to bring up tonight. I I didn't bring it up last week, and I probably should have, but it's actually more poignant to bring it up this week because we've had some extra layers added on to, mm. to the thing in it. And it's particularly around uh, Shin. Mm. Very interested to see what comes next for her. Mm-hmm. For yeah. somebody who I actually did not really like at the beginning of the series. Kind of growing on you. Well, after this episode, I'm very interested to see what she does next. We'll get there. Cool. But this episode, it is uh, Dreams and Madness. Its original air date was uh, Tuesday, September 26th. This one written by uh, Dave Filoni, directed by Gita Vasant Patel. Uh, now, Gita worked as a writer early on her, in her career, where she was an associate writer on uh, 2003's The Rundown nice. with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And Getting, uh, <laughs> and Stifler, that's right. Getting behind the camera in 2008, she made her directorial debut with uh, Project Kashmir, and most recently she directed an episode of House of the Dragon for HBO. Her longest-running gig uh, was in directing five episodes of uh, Superstore for uh, NBC. Mm. 
That's uh, awesome. Yeah, from the same people that gave you uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. This week's episode has a run, an advertised runtime of uh, forty six minutes, or an actual thirty seven minutes and thirteen seconds without uh, recap titles or credits. Now, I don't know if that's our shortest one. It's close. Mm. Um, it felt short. It did. It paced really well. Uh, I would agree with that. And no extra audio stuff to 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 pad either end of that. It's just your standard going through the the, the title cards or the the Lucasfilm cards and then right into it. So, mm-hmm. our episode synopsis this week: uh, Hera must answer to the New Republic while far, far away. A reunion takes place. All right, let's get right into it. Well, the episode opens with an establishing shot of a New Republic government building on Coruscant. Uh, nestled between several other megastructures. The crest on the building is the same crest used by the Old Republic Senate. Um, Interestingly enough, I don't think we've been to this building before. No. Uh, And I'd said earlier this week that I I thought that the Senate maintained their offices within the the rotunda just out of convenience. Right. Um, We did talk about that. Is this the Senate? Like, is this a new, is this, or is this like the military branch of the Senate? I think something you said right before we went live, which is they're in a courtroom. Yeah. So this could just be like the the government. Yeah. Yeah. We do get something. uh, It's sort of that the, in the courtroom scene itself, there is some language that translates that that, um, maybe will answer it for us. Got our first comment coming in from red tonight. Uh, Red on YouTube. He says subcommittee meetings are always stressful. Good to know the civilians with no military history questioning military action trope began a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That's nothing new. The uh, civilian oversee uh, oversight of the military. That's how it is in pretty much every democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, always an interesting uh, 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 dynamic there, uh, especially when Hera as a senior leader uh, should be taken a little bit more seriously when she's advising <laughs> senior levels of government, which apparently they're not really interested in or at least one of them's not yeah i wonder too if this is like maybe a thrown away idea now realized from dave filoni in what sense well you figure back in the trial of ahsoka yeah they kept it out of the senate buildings and in the jedi oh they did yeah they had forced it to the senate buildings is this maybe would it have been held somewhere like this yeah that's an interesting thought and like a concept he had you know batted around then Mm. and only now saying you know what i have this idea let's run with it with it being like um with it having the senate crest on it it's weird that the senate also acts as or members of the senate act as uh the court now i don't know maybe uh ziono in his capacity here maybe he's not uh on the like he could be in the wit looks like he's in a witness box almost to be honest um he could but it's a like, very strange proceeding mm-hmm. you know when you kind of, you kind of look like she's the uh judge uh, Mon Mothma. Yeah, I got that uh, impression for sure. Right, and everybody else is like, I don't know, advisors to the judge. But you, you get the idea that if this is a legal group, it's made up of different elements. You know, like mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. there's a military admiral there, Akbar, right? Yeah, military, that's right. You know, and uh, then your civilian, and then your 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 judge, and then we don't really get into who's on the other side, although we might have images, yeah. etc. It, it kind of felt like that. Like this is not the defense counsel judging Hera. No, no. Yeah, this is like a specially convenient. This could just be 
Now, maybe because it's uh, the uh, members of the Senate, maybe this is how uh, a military tribunal works now in the New Republic, that it's that's tried by the civilian leadership. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's entirely possible. Um, I have, I mean, we're going to probably get into it a little more. I have crazy problems with Ziono. Maybe the, my only problem with the whole series so far. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, he's definitely got uh, an axe to grind. That's it's, it's, it's Well, we'll get to it. We were going to get to it in a sec. Inside the building, General Harrison Dula stands before a tribunal accused of using her rank as a New Republic security officer for personal gain. That's an interesting detail. We didn't get any context to that, but she is a general within the security forces. Whether that is the new name for the military or if the security branch is yeah. its own thing. There's a line near the very end where Sabine's talking to our boy and and yeah, sort of or it, it, he it, he recaps in general what Hera's role is, and it's I find it to be counter surprising. counter to what they're saying here. Right? Yeah. I, so I, which is it? I don't understand the charge. What did she gain personally from doing this? Nothing. I think the idea. I think that's one of those off-camera things that we're supposed to believe that in the decades since Rebels she and or they have made other attempts to pursue uh, uh, Ezra or the threat of Thrawn. And that's probably come up a few times. And now we've hit that. Like, we just don't want to hear it anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? That's probably what's got him going. Which is weird to me. Cause I, I got that impression too, from, from the first sort of foray with Ziono. Yeah. But then Hera is like surprised by Ahsoka telling her that Thrawn is a problem. She's like, isn't he dead? In the very first oh, episode, true. Yeah. which we were all like, she watched him jump. She knows he's not dead. I mean, yeah, he could. He's Schrodinger's Thrawn. He's Schrodinger's Thrawn. Like the rumor, like yeah. public opinion is that he's dead. Well, that just means did. that that Hera went through the same train of thought that we did. That when the windows were blown out on those ships, that people died. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably a little bit of exposition for people who've never seen Rebels, too, to be honest. I mean, well, of course it is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, sure. it's still weird. Like if she's got this history of trying to pursue Thrawn or trying to pursue Ezra, that 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 specifically like Thrawn. What? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, needless to say, uh, Senator Ziono essentially reads the riot act to her. Harris says that she was trying to protect the people of the New Republic the best way she knew how, while Ziono counters by ignoring orders. Looking squarely at him, Hera says that she was just ignoring him. <laughs> I wasn't ignoring orders. I was just ignoring him. I want him to get punched like the reporter in Die Hard so bad. Seriously. I just want somebody to sock him like, like Chopper, punch him in the nuts. <laughs> Stifling a smile, uh, the committee chair, Mon Mothma, asks uh, Ziona if they can agree that General Sandula's actions, at the very least, did bring to light that there was an incident on Sitos. At the same time, the chamber doors slide open and Captain Carson Teva walks in and he moves to take a seat. Uh, now, I had originally written in the gallery, but that is not true. He actually takes a seat at the defense uh, council uh, on mm -hmm. the council bench, which is interesting. So he's either her lawyer or well, a witness for her. Or he's on yeah, defense definitely. too. That's what I mean. Well, co-accused? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably more like it. Yeah. Well, Hera makes eye contact with him and uh, the captain scowls and he shakes his head no. Senator Ziono acknowledges the incident and proceeds to tear it apart, citing how Hera's report reads like a fairy tale with its Jedi, false Jedi, star maps, star whales, and distant galaxies. 
Hera insists that Morgan Elizabeth was leading a coordinated effort by the Imperial Remnant. But she can't even finish her statement, and she's cut off by Ziono's formal objection. He calls the term sensationalist and asserts that there is no proof of any coordination. Jumping up from his seat, Carson blurts out, what about the conflict on Mandalore? Ziono says that's his point. Moff Gideon was acting as a lone warlord, and there's no proof of a greater conspiracy. And therefore, it poses no immediate threat to the New Republic. Hera insists that if Thrawn returns, that will change. Ziono just grins at her contemptuously as he sarcastically parrots her, <laughs> if. Sensing that her case is all but tanked, and she has nothing left to lose at this point, Hera tells Ziono that uh, she's not sure what's worse, the possibility of what might happen, or Ziono's unwillingness to see it. Well, Ziono lays it on the line for her, asserting that he sees her as someone who uses her authority for personal gain, and he will not stand for it. With that, Senator Ziono motions that Hera be court-martialed for disobeying a direct order. Mon Mothma closes her eyes, visibly pained by the charge. Maybe it's because he's dressed like a 60s Klingon. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I just find him so arch, it's it's almost not believable. Yeah. Yeah, he's almost like, You're on a defense council and you don't want to take a possible threat seriously? Like he's on the Empire's payroll, except yeah. that I know what's going on with the character post this in terms of his son, et cetera, right? Yeah. He doesn't so, have much of a... Not really. He's, he's not a very... Even then, he's not much of a... There's no redeeming for him. It's just like he's he's too over the top. It's a little bit much. Like, I don't... You know, if there had been like a breadcrumb of information, like why he seems yeah. to have it personally out for Hera. There's something personal going on here. Like, this is not I like... I think it's that... Did they have that, a relationship? Um, <laughs> People who have served in the military, especially people, you know, that, that somebody has got to be in charge. And I think this is that, you know, he, he, as the civilian oversight, trying to exert his will over her to show, look, I'm in control here. There's another point too, is that he's the only one talking here. The yeah, only I'm, one. I'm surprised that no one is like trying to reason with him rather than shut up. That's my friend. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But as a, I think as the judge in this scenario, she's she's doing so because she has to. Oh, she was not because she wants to. Yeah. She was cooler as a rebel. Now I she's agree. just become the power that she loathed before then. And, and Maywood, Maywood, who's in attendance, who was the voice of reason in the last exchange, nothing. had nothing. Yeah, that's and, bizarre. Why and I'm guessing Akbar doesn't say anything because they don't want to not use the original voice. You know, I I would have lived with a, a me a too, like me too, especially a good okay old. It's a trap. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It might be a trap. You know, it would have been great. Well, that now that you mentioned that, um, Admiral Akbar, shout out for Akbar making his uh, live action return. It's his first live action appearance since Return of the Jedi, or sorry, since uh, the Last Jedi, where he was unceremony, where he unceremoniously bit the <laughs> dust in an explosive decompression. Yeah. No, the Mon Cala on Home One in Episode One were not Admiral Akbar. Just putting that out there for anybody who thought that was him. It was a one-pip lieutenant, not <laughs> Akbar. 
at the chamber. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Annie. How epic would that have been? Shut up, Ziono. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved it. <laughs> he just pulled out his uh, his this is uh, crap beaded stick and <laughs> <Yes>. just <laughs> his his pointy weird pointy thing. <laughs> That's right. Which underwater is a weapon, apparently, in Clone Wars. Yeah. Feed him to Leechar. At the chamber doors, one of the security officers has someone detained and is asking them for identification. But a familiar, sharp British tongue tells the guard, I do not need to show you identification. And uh, we can see that it's C-3PO. Mon Mothma recognizes the golden protocol droid and asks him what he's doing here. And he tells her that he has come on behalf of Senator Leia Organa and asks if he may speak. Mon Mothma offers him the floor, and he moves to Hera's side. Producing a data disc, 3PO says that the Honorable Senator Organa has become aware of what he calls an unfortunate situation, and would like to present a transcript which should resolve the charges against Hera. Senator Ziono strongly objects, but the Chancellor has one of the court clerks retrieve the disc anyway. Continuing, 3PO points out that the disc contains a record of Leia personally sanctioning the recon mission to Cetos, and she was unaware that Senator Ziono had held a vote against such a mission without her inclusion. Ziono calls it preposterous and says they can't accept evidence from a mere droid. <laughs> In the gallery, Chopper pipes up, what, what? And Carson waves a hand at him to uh, calm him down. Uh, I thought he said something a bit darker there. You're <laughs> <laughs> droid. Fuck you. Yeah, it might have been. It could have been. He was going to get him. Carson would be like, hey. <laughs> Acknowledging the senator with nothing more than a, yes, well, 3PO adds that Senator Organa is willing to overlook this misstep and asks that uh, and further any further con uh, concerns be addressed to her directly as she is the head of the Republic Defense Council. You think she'd be uh, informed at least that they were going to vote on missions. So, I mean, let me put that to you in in term like for our Canadian viewers. Leia is the Minister of National Defense here. Yes. Um for our American viewers, the Secretary of Defense, like and a senator at the same time. Absolutely. It yeah. absolutely makes sense for her one to have that authority for sure um yeah. even though they backdoored it yeah <laughs> but very cool and yeah of course she'd be pretty upset if you uh well mind you she Deano's didn't over there making votes without her yeah absolutely why was i included on this yeah and maybe like that's maybe that's the, the the friction with ziono maybe it's not necessarily directed at hera maybe ziono is tired that that hera probably has had support from within the senate from people like mon mothma and leia yeah that could be the rub yeah. mm, i'm tired of his hair <laughs> i don't i don't i don't dislike many star wars characters but i'm like that guy like well then i th see that's the mark bridge. of any good character if you don't like them and they're supposed to be villainous yeah. and they're doing something right. i probably can't watch him in other things now <laughs> damn it ruined it he's probably a fantastic guy well, Ziono averts, averts his gaze, and uh, Mon Mothma asserts that the matter is satisfied, unless, of course, he's still not satisfied. And with no further objections, Mon Mothma adjourns the case. And the courtroom empties as Hera thanks 3PO. Love the fact that Leia is essentially the... Like, the, there's a totally uh, good reason for her to get back in the fight. Yeah. I was the minister or the head of the defense council. You didn't listen to me. I'm going to have to get back into the trenches. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, literally. Right. 
Off to the side, Mon Mothma asks if she might have a word with the general. She says she doesn't know what Hera and Leia are playing at, but she knows that the mission was definitely not authorized. Well, straight-faced, Hera answers the Chancellor that it was, with a slight smile, eventually. With a worried expression, Mon Mothma asks Hera to put her feelings aside and tell her just how real the threat of Thrawn's return really is. And as the camera pushes in on Hera's face, she nods and tells the Chancellor, they have to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. We get some language this week, and I I, I struggle with this. Um, I have a 75-inch uh, 4K uh, television, and even taking a photo of it, uh, I could not, I could not get the gist of what was going on here, except for the largest uh, text, which basically says New Republic Hall of Hall of Justice docket. So I guess this building is officially, the or at least this room, justice. this room within the building mm-hmm. is the Hall of Justice. Mm-hmm. And I presume that these are case numbers. Um, and then the blue and the red, essentially, I, I believe, correspond to sectors of space, which we see on the uh, on the map. Mm. So you get the impression that they're seeing more than one case today. Yeah. I guess Hera is not the only one in trouble. <laughs> Go to our title cards uh, again. It's uh, Dreams and Madness Part Seven. Cut to the pod of star whales still in hyperspace before we uh, cut to the interior of the T6 Jedi shuttle where Ahsoka practices some lightsaber forms in the training room. A hollow projector mounted to the ceiling casts a life-sized image of Anakin Skywalker. He paces around the room as if he was actually there observing his Padawan learner. He says that, uh, dur- uh, um, that during the war she will face more than just droids he then name drops the trifecta of heavy hitters of the separatists general grievous asajj ventress and even count dooku adding that she could face any one of them on the battlefield by the way two of those she did face to face one of them she did not Mm. the hologram continues as your master it's my job to prepare you so practice these forms often Uh, at least more than i do <laughs> so Anakin in that moment too. So it's a great delivery. He's, he's, he's doing so good. Yeah. Uh, I, I gotta wonder, did Hayden and Matt Lanter have some like head-to-head like discussion about approaching this? Like Hayden's been away from the character for so long. I gotta Maybe. tell you, and and for all these roles, if if I have, if I'm an actor and I'm not, but and I'm preparing for a role. Yep. You know. And I'm going to be, say, Victor Frankenstein. I'm going to go read the novel. And then I'm probably going to watch a few other people's versions of the story. And then I'm going to probably get into some fan fiction. And I'm probably going to, you know, so I, if someone was like, I need you to play Anakin. I, I'm going to go crazy on, on every bit of Anakin that yeah. came before me that I can. I guess maybe as a fan, I would do that anyway. But so if he sat and studied like I all of the other actresses and actors have said like, oh, I've been watching Clone Wars and Rebels just to kind of get that, that vibe. Yeah. Um, if yeah. he, if, and he, he, uh, he definitely did. He talked about it in an interview uh, going oh, back and cool. watching all that stuff. So a lot of that could be informed by, you know, I would um, think so. Yeah. We, we all like to think that it's George's fault for making him feel so wooden <laughs> in, in the, uh, in the prequels. 
Um, I don't necessarily think. I I think that you know, as a young man mm-hmm. who was new to acting at the time, mm-hmm. he was doing the best he could. Yeah, with the material he had given Absolutely. his experience, his Absolutely. level of experience. Absolutely, and I I just think he's actually. I know he doesn't do this anymore. This is like well, this is it. Like right? a guy who is grown as an actor. Acting. Like. <laughs> He's but he's crying. but he's grown as a human being, no, and absolutely. I'm sure, you know, a lot of this stuff. And I mean, this has sort of come up, well, since uh, since Hayden came back. Even in Kenobi, there's been a lot of revisiting the the stuff that was leveled at at him, and it wasn't just him. It was Jake Lloyd. It was Ahmed oh, Best. Yeah. It was all those people that were uh, were dragged through the mud over these perceived wrongdoings. I mean, all of that must come with his return as well so tempering that and turning it into the performance that we've gotten so far like um well done. oh yeah hell yeah well done there is a great photo floating around the internet right now yeah uh, and it's basically all the live action players with their clone wars or oh Rebels i saw that voice I, counterparts i might nice. have even seen that today actually which is funny because uh on the bottom it had um it was Lars Mickelson as Thrawn on both sides, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I thought was great. All right. Well, um, Huyang enters the training room and observes the practice. Uh, Anakin says, I won't always be there to look out for you. If we get separated or something happens, you need to be able to make it on your own. Don't be afraid. Just remember what I taught you and trust your instincts. Um, something that she totally, totally did. Completing her form practice, she pivots to face the image of her master, just as he says, I know you can do this, Ahsoka. Then, squaring off with his image, Ahsoka puts her arms at her side as she bows her head, and the image of Anakin Skywalker bows in return, and then flickers out. Staring at the space where the hologram stood, Ahsoka tells Huyang that Anakin made 21 of these recordings, and this was the last one. Yang calls it uh, very thoughtful and says that he never realized. Closing her eyes and sighing, Ahsoka says he was a good master. Deactivating her lightsabers, uh, she asks the professor if he needs anything. He tells her that he thinks the whales are reaching the end of their journey because, according to his instruments, their speed is decreasing. And that settles that argument. Yeah, so they are in full control. They they can basically speed up and slow down in the hypertunnel. Very cool. Ahsoka walks over to one of the weapons lockers and she places the data disc containing Anakin's hollow recording inside a small wooden box. I don't recall seeing that box there when we did the full, the full uh, length shots of those lockers. I feel like that was probably stored somewhere else and brought out for this. Mm-hmm. With a smile, she heads to the cockpit. Well, in the cockpit, Ahsoka tells Hu Yang that once they drop out of hyperspace, they'll find Sabine. But Huyang says if they have, in fact, traveled to another galaxy, their star charts will be useless, and he wonders exactly how they're going to find her. Ahsoka says that she came here with the enemy, so if they find the enemy, then they'll find her as well. But Huyang points out that her plan assumes that the Purgle have brought them to the same planet, in the same galaxy, and in the same system, the odds of which are astronomically terrible. (laughs) Teasing the droid, Ahsoka smiles as she says, well, you should have said something. <laughs> Hu Yang begins to protest. I did, but you! His words trail off as he sees Ahsoka grinning back at him. And then he's repl- are replaced with a growl. The droid actually... 
I don't recall <laughs> hearing a droid growl before. <laughs> I also have an argument for this being uh, Anakin's T6. Um, she she didn't have those recordings. She left the order with nothing. Uh, hmm. You know, she didn't have her That's personal effects. Thought, yeah. So I think that at some point she recovered, you know, maybe even after the war ended, because then you could go back to Coruscant and probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recover. Right. But I think that those that that it, it makes it so cool. All that training equipment was her training equipment when she was little. Mm, I like the thought and, of that. And that box of recordings is still there because he that's where they kept them kind of action like what was yeah. the what was the name of the ship that they started out with in the in the movie and they had it for the first season do you remember that oh, the thing yeah. that was like a, bo a box on a b-wing yeah 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 did that thing get destroyed oh, i can't recall would have been the, the only thing that would have made it better of us if it was that ship do you know what i mean that would have made that would have been the complete package like oh it's the the original ship i don't do we have evidence of anakin using know. a t6 i mean they're always going somewhere by venator or by fighter mm -hmm. or gunship uh it's not important it's true uh his words trail off um as she sees ahsoka grinning back at him and is replaced by a growl <laughs> concluding he says the worst part is i hope you're right ahsoka clasps him on the shoulder i know you do tjc over on youtube good evening all and an evening to you as well, sir. I hope you're doing well. All right. Where are we at here? Uh, apparently it was destroyed 19 BBY on Mandalore. It was destroyed. Do you remember what it was called? The Twilight. Oh, that's right. The Twilight. The B-Wing box. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it looks like. It looks like a box on a B-Wing frame. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Well, the ship begins to shudder and Ahsoka steadies herself with the back of her seat and uh, Huyang, checking his instruments, um, says that they are exiting hyperspace, and one by one, the star whales drop back into real space. Inside the shuttle, Ahsoka and Huyang stare at the viewport, but see nothing beyond the black veil of the inside of the Ultra's mouth. Ahsoka says, well, let's find out where we are, and Huyang begins to run a scan. The ship then lists to one side, and Huyang reports that he's picking up a lot of interference. The whale bellows, and Ahsoka says something is wrong. Huyang reports there are multiple objects in their path, as a red glow can be seen through the whale's baleen plates. A muffled rumbling sound can be heard in the distance, and Ahsoka says, let's get out there. Huyang proposes they might be safer right where they are. While firing up the ship's engines, Ahsoka guns the throttle, and they burst from the mouth of the whale right into the thick of an imperial minefield. The mines have been cleverly laid just outside Peridia's bone rings, and the whales swim right through them, activating them as they go. Ahsoka hugs the belly of the Ultra as the whales continue to take uh, mine strikes. Huyang tells her to make for the planet, because the minefield ends before the planet's gravity well. Well, she banks hard and jinks the shuttle to avoid the mines. Huyang points out that at least the whales themselves are providing some cover, I, I totally thought that came up this week a couple of times. Um, I made a, a, a comment about that when they were being chased by the, the, the bandits on the howlers. I'm like, screw the riders, shoot the mounts. <laughs> and uh, this is the complete inverse of that. We're just going to attack the whales yeah. and not the people. 
Anyway, no sooner does uh, Huyang mention that than the whales begin to jump back into hyperspace. Um, Ahsoka chastises the professor. You had to say something. That's your way home. Um, interestingly enough, now we don't see anything off camera and we don't see anything on camera, but you guys remember we talked about uh, what does terminate with prejudice mean? Mm-hmm. We made a point of pointing out that the blaster fire we saw a few episodes ago seemingly didn't do anything to them. Yeah, right. they didn't even notice it. It was like mosquitoes. Do you think that the explosions were enough? Were they scared? Or do you think that there were some injuries sustained here? Because I don't think we see the, any of the whales get killed. No. No. It did. It, I mean, it looked like more of an annoyance than anything. It didn't look, yeah. it looked like it was doing a hell of a lot. Wasn't any like frozen blood coming off of them or anything no, like that, like, mind you. you. Know, no chunks being blown out. Like, right, right. Maybe some, you know, like... Uh, I, I can picture it being like the old uh, the Palladium rules where uh, SDC can never do MDC. Mega damage. Right? You can hit a <laughs> tank with a bat you. all day long. You're not going to get into that tank. Tank with a, with a pistol, nothing happens. Nothing happens. No, I hear you. I hear you. Well, with the whales now gone, the mines begin to track the shuttle as it passes through. And by the way, if I didn't make this clear, the mines um, are like guided. Like they activate and they kind of I would say gravitate. it would be like a World War II, like magnetic mines, except apparently they're yeah. attracted to whale blubber. Well, or well, they do to hone in on the <laughs> T6 too. That's right. So they must have some form of propulsion. So like, system. like a, like, yeah, gravity or a, like a pro- smart mine, I guess. Or the ultra's uh, big enough that he's just running into them, right? Like maybe a tractor That's beam. true, but we do. I didn't get a, a shot of it, but we actually see a mine actually like take off and give chase. Hmm. Maybe they have a tractor beam on them. That is entirely possible. They're so light that the, it pulls them to the object rather than the object to them. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah, just, yeah, let's use that. <laughs> Ocean activated. <laughs> well, the mines begin to track the shuttle as it passes through them. Ahsoka bobs and weaves, narrowly avoiding the mines as they collide with one another. But eventually they clear the field and spotting the eye of Scion just above the rings of Peridia, Huyang says, well, we've found the enemy. These mines are cool. Uh, I didn't see anybody talk about this this week, so I, mm. I we, we might be breaking this one for all the other review people out there. Uh, these particular mines, Imperial mines, were actually, uh, they are Imperial mines. They made their canon debut in the 2017 Marvel comic Star Wars Annual Poe Dameron number one. I know it has a first order uh, uh, logo on it, but in the issue, it's actually described as an old Imperial minefield that they just ended up using. So that's kind of cool that they've adapted them for live action. Mm-hmm. They super reminded me of the uh, m- the mines in the old X-Wing game from like the early There's 90s. another, I was going to put, I should have put an image in there. There's some other mines from Legends, which interestingly enough, uh, for anybody who plays uh, the, the Star Wars X-Wing game, the, mm-hmm. the, there's a couple of the mine tokens actually look like the try the try the three three tipped they look like that so yeah interesting choice that they went with this as opposed to that Hmm. still these look more like a seeker droid yeah they do they look a little bit more like the world war ii floating yeah the ones Mm -hmm. that are chained to the bottom yeah 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 interestingly oh go ahead eh? the resources that the empire still has while here well, this here's food that, for like, thought. Is, is that the standard contingent of mines inside a star destroyer? I don't want to. I don't want to speculate, but this is the kind of stuff that makes us go mental, right? Like, remember when we did <laughs> the how many how many of those uh, mystery pieces they were making 
in the prison system. Yeah. It kind of gets into this because now the, the canon entry for this says that these mines are, are typically, typically laid by tie bombers and a tie bomber can hold six of these in their ordnance bay. How many tie bombers does Thrawn have on one mm. star destroyer to lay a minefield of that size in a day? I don't know how many mines were laying there, but it looked like a lot in a day. He wasn't ready for this. He said, let's make, let's yeah. get ready for this. Yeah. That's the other thing that's kind of uh, gray this week. Um, Morgan said they got three rotations before they're leaving. Um, is this day number two? Yeah. We were speculating that is this, day has two two days this episode. To, yeah. I think like when we get to the finale this coming Tuesday, I think that's day three. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Like, um, the, I mean the, the camp moves, they don't resettle, but Ahsoka takes a nap. I mean, she would be pretty exhausted from her ordeal, but I mean, yeah. not Ahsoka. I mean, uh, Sabine has yep. a nap. So maybe a full rotation. Right. While they're moving the caravan overnight. Yeah. I buy that. <clears throat> Sorry, did I miss that? What did I said there. One more from TJC. Didn't I get that up there? I did. Maybe they're movement sensitive. Yeah. Mm. Um, absolutely. Well, diving into the rings of Peridia to evade the eye of Scion, nine fighters streak out from the mothership and give chase. Hu Yang shouts that uh, he can't find an opening because the field is too dense and it's like it's dark. <laughs> I mean, space <laughs> is cold and dark to begin with, but the this whole sequence of flying between the bones. Bone density? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's worthy of one of those. Nice. Um, yeah, it's too dense. And while that density proves to be a real problem, it also serves to give the shuttle uh, some cover at the same time. Fragments skip off the ship's hull and canopy, and you you can hear it. Ding, 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 ding. But Ahsoka presses on, as do the fighters. Unfortunately, one of the fighters strikes a whalebone several times larger than itself and breaks up in a fiery ball. Got some uh, Empire uh, asteroid uh, field uh, oh, big uh, time. vibes. Yeah, big Which, time. All they needed was to play that music. But <laughs> they didn't. On Peridia, the night troopers continue loading the caskets onto the Chimera. Caskets. Suspended animation pods, anyone? <laughs> By the way, that Hail Mary theory all of a sudden doesn't sound so out of place anymore after this week's episode. Yeah. The night troopers continue loading the caskets onto the Chimera. In the lower fortress, Thrawn is contacted by Captain Enoch via hologram, who is presumably on board the Eye of Scion at this point. Enoch tells him that the minefield was triggered by a pot of star whales just as Thrawn had anticipated. But also among the pod was a T-6 Jedi shuttle. He says it by name, T-6 Jedi shuttle. Yep. Thrawn concludes that Ahsoka Tano is indeed alive and well. Well, then Morgan arrives and hands him a data pad containing all of the information that the Imperial Inquisitorius had amassed on Ahsoka. Thumbing through the information, Thrawn pauses. Turning his gaze to Morgan, he asks... Her master was General Anakin Skywalker. There's a real subtle moment here, but oh, yeah. <laughs> he genuinely looks like he that shook. might have unsettled him a little bit. Oh, yeah. Big time. Like a, time. a what? What? <laughs> a come again now? Am I reading this right? This can't be true. Also, the Inquisitorious uh, kept records. You would sure, yeah. She would have probably got that from... Uh... 
Merrick's uh, Merrick probably, you know, that makes more sense. Are mm-hmm. you know talking about that guy? Are we? Do we want to speculate again? Do we think that he is the rein, reanimated, maybe eighth brother? Maybe, maybe. I think he's just a reanimated inquisitor. We've never just a nobody. Before. This is a new guy. Well, he's just Merrick. Any any reanimated inquisitor would like technically grant her access to what he knew, right? You know, Star Trek does this thing where every time we need to know something that's in the Federation database, every Federation ship has access to the entire thing, no matter mm. where they are. Yeah. Are they doing that now in Star Wars? No. 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 I would think she just like had access to his gauntlet or something where he had, you know. Yeah. and Or his ship, maybe even his ship. And she would have taken anything she thought of value. Yeah, that makes sense. And the ship thing makes more sense given that's her. It might have even her gathered, shit, right? gathered up his body or the oh, armor. That's true. That's true. At the center of the room. Oh, hang on a second. We got a comment here coming in. Dark Holder on YouTube. Darkholder says, I thought that the Inquisitoris raided the temple and used the data to hunt down the Jedi. Oh, that is a very good point. Didn't uh, for sure the Empire definitely did go in and sacked the place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they totally did. I think Palpatine already had that one holocron that had like locations of port sensitive Of over. the the kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they were using. Yeah, I mean, yeah, basically. You would think that's kind of public knowledge stuff. Like it, it almost surprises me that Thrawn wouldn't have known Ahsoka Tano by name, especially the fact that he knew Balin Skull by name. Yeah, General Balin Skull. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Thrawn's involvement in the Clone Wars. Now, I don't know. I mean, did was he there for the whole thing? Does does the novel present him as having been present for the whole thing? I, even I though believe, I believe so, he served with Anakin Skywalker. Even though we don't see that. Right, in it's the, series. The, uh, the second or third novel in the new trilogy. The new trilogy. It covers his time in the Clone Wars with Anakin, and then covers his time serving under Vader after the in back. the Empire. Yeah. And he actually the, the the main meat of the story is him sleuthing out that Anakin was Darth Vader. Mm. That is true. A comment from TJC. Do any of you feel that considering she's a witch of Dathomir, that's Morgan we're talking about, uh, considering she's a witch of Dathomir, that she wouldn't be so jumpy? I kind of got that sense from her as well, that she's like, like she does that, like, uh oh, like you could almost see her, like, do the whole, like, gulp, like, mm, I'm in trouble here. Yeah. She's come this far, right? And like, she wants to put on a strong face in front of him. And suggesting, oh, maybe you want to send a few more just because she's encountered her before. She certainly sort of made this the presented herself like, yes, she is a, a presumably a night sister. I mean, that's not a presumption. She is a night sister, but her loyalty, mm-hmm. her loyalty has been to Thrawn right from the get go. Right from the get go, yeah. Even I back mean, in the Mandalorian, when when uh, Ahsoka referred to, "Where is your master?" Mm-hmm. And the so, end of the last episode, and and. uh Really, the end of this episode, too. Yeah. Uh, why are these three night sisters so subservient to Thrawn? Like he's a charming, Again, yeah, yeah, charming yeah. pig. They but. obviously <laughs> need they need him for something. Otherwise, they would not be. Well, so... That's why I keep coming back to Macbeth, right? Yeah, right. He's just a they. They put who they can in power so that they can achieve their goal. That's yeah. right. Yeah. At the center of the room lies a holographic display. Uh, that shows the eye of Scion above the bone rings of Peridia. 
but there are also two lines that depict the flight paths of both Morgan's fighters and Ahsoka's shuttle down into the rings. Thrawn asks Enoch if he's sure that there is only one ship, and he confirms that, saying that the fighters have pursued them into the debris field. Thrawn orders the fighters to be withdrawn and remain on standby, something Morgan can't seem to understand as she asks him why not allow them to follow. Thrawn calls it a waste of resources. Morgan asserts that without the fighters, they'll lose track of the shuttle. Thrawn says that she's right about the Jedi being quite good at hiding, seeing as they've been doing it for years, but he adds that they're getting to know their adversary, and if she's anything like her master, she will be unpredictable and dangerous. And for that reason, they must consider all variables so they can put her on a path of her own choosing, so that no matter what direction Ahsoka takes, they will always be one step ahead of her. Crazy planning on his part. There's a guy who likes to be like 14 steps ahead of it. Yeah. Picture guy. Yeah. yeah. On board the T6, Hu Yang points out that the fighters have given up the pursuit. And as the ship smashes its way through more uh, bone fragments, he says that he can see why. And that if they stay out here, they're going to get pulverized. Maneuvering the shuttle down the length of the rib cage of one of the decomposing whales, uh, he sets the shuttle down on an enormous rib bone and powers down. Hu Yang is uneasy about their reception, and he wonders how the enemy had anticipated their coming. Ahsoka thinks about it for a moment, and she asserts that Thrawn was behind the attack. Sitting there in the dark, staring out at the graveyard, Hu Yang says that he'll run a scan to try and locate Sabine. And Ahsoka sighs, and she leans back in her seat. Well, somewhere on the Peridian Tundra, the caravan of Noti pod houses makes their way cross-country. One of the pods is piloted by Ezra. Sabine climbs up into the seat uh, beside him, and uh, he asks her if she managed to get any rest. A child waves to her from a neighboring pod, while Ezra says that he's still trying to process everything that he's missed since coming here. The Empire's defeat at the Battle of Endor. The Emperor's supposed death. There's a new Republic. One where Zeb is training new recruits. And where Hera commands a fleet? Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, what? Yeah. So which is it? Is she a fleet uh, admiral? Or is she the... Like, General's definitely an army rank. Yeah. He remarks that uh, he's missed everything. Sabine tells him it's been a while and she was beginning to think that they were never going to find him. And he asks her plainly, how did you find me? Well, Sabine says it's complicated and Ezra asks if it's her usual level of complicated or something worse. And with their usual banter, she says it's worse. Ezra says they can talk about something else if she wants, but getting home is kind of important. Sabine tells Ezra that Ahsoka took her as her apprentice, and after he teases her about it for a bit, what? Why? I mean, congratulations. <laughs> he says it makes sense with her previous training under Kanan. Ezra asks, where is Ahsoka, and if she's coming? Sabine avoids his stare, because to her, Ahsoka is dead. Yep. Ezra breaks the awkward silence. That complicated. Looking at him, she nods. Yeah. From high up on a ridge, Balin, Shin, and the Red Bandits now ride together, and they stop to observe the caravan in the valley below. At the fortress, the Great Mothers enter the Rotunda. Thrawn addresses them, and he says he has need of their assistance. 
Clothow replies, we are at your service, my lord. Um, and there you go. Calling him a lord. I know we, yeah. we talked about this a bit last week, but like putting that sort of um, reverence on him really does make you question the nature of this relationship. Yeah. Thrawn says that Ahsoka lies hidden in the graveyard and he asks them to find her. In unison, the great mothers reply, yes, Grand Admiral. They approach the hollow image of the boneyard and they take up a triangular position around it. Releasing their focus orbs, they levitate up from their hands and join together by the thin red beam. Morgan staying off to the side whispers an incantation of some sort, while Thrawn observes the entire process. No idea what she's uh, what she's whispering, whether she's adding her little bit of influence yeah. to the process. Could be. I don't know, but she definitely something. <laughs> Please let it work. Please let it work. <laughs> <laughs> well meanwhile on the t6 ahsoka stares out the window while some uh space krill <laughs> float awesome. past, float past the cockpit i think we made a joke about space krill yeah <laughs> i can't remember was it in our chat or did we say it on air i don't remember not sure hu yang having completed his scan says that he can't locate sabine he surmises that either the scans are being blocked or there's just too much debris and he asks if he should try again Ahsoka tells him uh, not to, and she says there is another way. Of course, Hu Yang knows what she's implying, and he asks if she thinks that her bond with Sabine is strong enough. Of course, there's only one way to find out. So closing her eyes and leaning back in her seat, Ahsoka reaches out and speaks her name into the ether. Sabine. Down on Peridia, Ezra tells Sabine that he it hasn't uh, been all that bad. The Noti took him in when he needed it, and uh, they set him up with a pod. But Sabine doesn't really hear him. Ahsoka's ethereal voice calls again, Sabine. And Sabine smiles and calls back, Ahsoka. Ezra, seeing that something is off, tries calling her, but she's oblivious. On the T6, Ahsoka opens her eyes, and sitting forward, she says, I see her. TJC says uh, Sabine is keeping far too much close to her chest and should tell Ezra the truth. Cubib Fortuna's voice. She's no Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> she's a force user. I, th you can't. She picked it up. I she, just, she, picked up she might not be consciously doing it, but I mean, after what we went through with the whole bandit fight and the, the, like, I get it. Like, I had this discussion with my wife. Could she, as a trained swordsman, have hit the bullet? I'll give that a, I'll give that a strong maybe she could have. She maybe. could have hit it. Could she have reflected it back into that guy's face without the force? Not a chance in hell. <laughs> no, probably not, no. You know, uh, you know Leia, we all know Leia is super powerful, but she... With zero training, picks yeah, up. Yeah, it was Luke. all that subtle stuff. Like Luke's, Luke is able to communicate. You know, they're a relatively short distance away. Yeah. The Falcon cockpit to the oh, yeah. underside of uh, Cloud Leia, City. But... Leia. Yeah, Leia. Here, go back. Yeah. So yeah. That might be more about the, the broadcaster than the receiver. Oh, that mm -hmm. could be true as well. I never thought of it that way, but that makes it, that's a good, great point. At the same time, Great Mother Clothow's eyes snap open. The three uh, thread-like beams converge into a triangulated point, and they move to an area on the hollow map. 
Clotho says the Jedi is there. I like how that, like, and you talk about the, the, the transmission versus the reception. I feel mm. like that transmission's out there and she picked it up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, oh, yes. There she is. Yeah. Ping. <laughs> one ping, one ping only. <laughs> uh, where are we here? Oh yeah. We're going on to number 22. Here we go. Um, Sabine having come back to, oh, sorry. I totally missed that. Uh, let me flip that back. At the same time, Great Mother Clothau's eyes snap open. The three thread-like beams converge into a triangulated point. They move to an area on the hollow map, and she says the Jedi is there, contacting Enoch on board the Eye of Scion. Thrawn tells the captain of the guard to open fire. So you got to figure that map is now linked to the Eye of Scion. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like, it is so for sure. Like broadcasting for sure. right there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you got the coordinates? Yes, Fire sir. There. Sure do. Um, and again, thank God for the bone density here because that probably saved their bacon. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sabine, having come back to reality, tells Ezra that she just had a feeling. He asks her what kind. Well, she's not sure, but she calls it something familiar. On the T6, Ahsoka is shaken back to reality by the rumble of incoming turbo laser fire. The Eye of Scion unleashes a barrage into the bone rings, which fortunately are dense enough to offer some real cover. Still, with the enemy having found them, it's time to leave. And Ahsoka tells Hu Yang she knows where they're going. Staying just ahead of the turbo laser fire, Ahsoka clears the rings and she dives for the planet's surface. Meanwhile, Thrawn watches on his tactical display and takes satisfaction in having flushed Ahsoka out of the debris field. Captain Enoch asks if he should prepare defenses. Thrawn wisely surmises that if that they are not Ahsoka's focus. Instead, she will go after Sabine, who is conveniently far away from the fortress, and he orders the fighters to re-engage. He's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. He's a smart dude. Back on Peridia, the Noti caravan comes to a halt as they spot Balin and Shin ahead of them. Ezra asks Sabine, uh, friends of yours? She tells him no, and Ezra changes course, and the rest of the Noti follow. On the hilltop, Balin instructs uh, Shin to contact Grand Admiral Thrawn to kill Sabine and Ezra and to take her place in the coming empire. <laughs> this is where things get interesting for this character because I've already sort of surmised like they've made a point of, of telling us that Shin has already been like, which is like, she does not trust, doesn't trust Morgan. She's it's an uneasy Alliance at best to her. Yeah. And it's about to get a lot worse where she's concerned. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he's like, all right, I've taught you all I can go off with you. Yeah. Confused, she asks, you won't help? Balin tells her that her ambition drives her in one direction, but his path lies in another. Activating her comm, she transmits her coordinates to the Chimera. Balin offers her one last lesson, telling her that impatience for victory will guarantee defeat. Then the Red Bandit leader rides up and mutters something guttural, uh, at Shin before he and the rest of the crew begin to charge down on the Noti caravan. Um, a quick head count says there are no less than 14 bandits now, mm-hmm. which is like double what we mm-hmm. saw on the last mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Exchanging, sorry, bandits. 
Exchanging one last nod with her master, Shin spurs her howler, and she joins the charge while Balin pensively watches her go. At the fortress, the hologram of Enoch reports that they have reviewed a revive. <laughs> they have received a signal with the location of Ezra Bridger. Thrawn orders two gunships be sent to support the mercenaries, asserting that if Lord Balin proves capable, they may yet win the day. That's an odd line. Did he think that they were losing at some point? Maybe. It is. A, it's weird. In the Chimera's hangar, several night troopers rush to board a pair of patrol gunships. Patrol gunships, we've seen them in live action before, but they, uh, these are variants of the old clone, uh, uh, the LAAT gunship. We saw them used as police speeders. Yeah. Back in uh, Andor. Yeah, that's right. TJC says, I'm surprised Ezra didn't talk to the animals that the bandits were riding to get them to uh, buck them off, considering it was such a central part of Rebels' storyline with the wolves. That's an interesting point too. We've talked about that before with this like connection with stuff and that they really did. They really did lean into that with him. But at the same time in the previous episode, when Sabine comes riding up, he's like, how did you get to ride one of them? How did you get? Yeah. How'd you get one of those? Maybe he's encountered <laughs> before and they were like resistant to him. Big, That's being from impossible. a different galaxy. Who knows? Who knows? Mind you, that one was very receptive of Sabine. It was. They uh, anthropomorph- anthropomorphized their shit out of that. The new droid, remember? <laughs> uh, where are we here? 25. Um, at the fortress. Yep. Uh, at the fortress, the, holo- the hologram of Enoch uh, reports that they have received a signal with the location of Ezra. Thrawn orders two gunships uh, sent to support the mercenaries, uh, asserting that if Lord Balin proves capable, they may yet win the day. In the Chimera's hangar, several night troopers rush to board a pair of patrol gunships. Sorry, I read that twice. I'm, I apologize for that. An important stuff. As the bandits begin to swarm the caravan, some of them take pot shots at the uh, the pod houses, forcing some of the pilots down in their hatches. Sabine returns fire with her twin pistols, while one of the Noti harmlessly fires a rock from a slingshot. And if that's not an Ezra callback, then I don't know what is. Wicked. Uh, season one, Ezra with his uh, wrist-mounted slingshot thingy. The Ewok vibes, too. Very much so. Sabine calls the slingshot charming and asks if they have any real weapons. Ezra says the note to your peaceful people, which uh, Sabine takes as uh, to mean defenseless gunning down one of the bandits. The slingshot wielding Noti waves. Uh, thank you. at Sabine. Sabine does her best uh, to fend off the attack, but she is supremely outgunned. One of the bandits brandishing a pole arm tries to get up close to one of the pods, but the pilot spots him and together with another pod, they slam together, forcing that bandit to drop back, but he's persistent and catching up with the pod. He jams his electro staff into the engines, causing the pod to slam into the ground and skid to a halt. Ezra won't leave him behind and he signals the caravan to circle back. Meanwhile, one of the bandits tries to kill the pilot Uh, of the disabled pod, but he drops down into the cockpit as a segmented metal shield rolls into place like a pill bug. By now, the rest of the caravan has circled the down pod and close up. uh, They close up enough that the mounted riders can't actually get between them. It's literally circle circle the wagons. wagons. (laughs) (laughs) Circle the wagons. As the caravan comes to a halt, Ezra tells them to get inside while he handles the bandits 
One by one, they all drop inside their pods as the uh, pillbug shields roll into place. At the same time, Ahsoka, still being pursued by the fighters, passes overhead. Looking out the cockpit window, she sees the circled wagon train below, while Balin, still on the hilltop, watches as the shuttle passes overhead. There they are, way down there. Uh, Spotting Shin and the bandit leader, Ezra, asks, Who's that? Uh, Sabine says, She's like you, but she lacks your sense of humor. (laughs) The bandit leader croaks something in the Noti language, and the remaining bandits all dismount, and they begin to close in on the circled caravan. Ezra says they better get ready, and both he and Sabine exit the pod and steal themselves in preparation for battle. Meanwhile, Ahsoka dodges blaster fire from the pursuing fighters. She tells Hu Yang that she has to get down there. But Hu Yang, citing standard Jedi mission protocols, points out that they're not allowed to land. Of course, Ahsoka tells him there's no need to land, and the professor is less than impressed as he complains, Oh, not this again! She tells him once uh, she's on the ground, he can draw the fighters away. Hu Yang tells her, of course, but to remember what happened the last time. Throwing her cloak over her shoulder, she quips back, you got the timing wrong. Hu Yang shouts back, I didn't, I feel terrible. (laughs) Ahsoka's already at the ramp. By the way, talking about droids and how far we've pushed sort of the envelope with droids emoting, um, has a droid ever said, I feel anything before? I feel terrible. I think 3PO for sure. Yeah. I think 3PO was very striking. I'd have to. uh, Now we got to go through all the lines of dialogue. (laughs) Looking for incidents. Certainly he's so neurotic. Like this is madness. That's right. Uh, Yeah. uh, We're made to suffer. It's our lot in life. But even though, even those isms could be attributed to programming, but this Mm -hmm. is the first time we've, is this, I feel like this is the first, and if it's not, it comes across like, I don't remember hearing a droid say, I feel. Yeah, but he's been alive long enough. Maybe he's evolved his programming, right? Yeah. What are we talking about? Certainly L7. L7 is a feeling thinking droid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Well, he says, I feel terrible. But Ahsoka is already at the ramp. She tells him, on my mark. And then with a three count, the stairs on the ramp fold flat and Ahsoka slides down and into a free fall. Landing in a tumble at the top of a hill, she slides down and she comes up on her feet and trots along a ridge where Balin's skull sits mounted on his howler, waiting for her just a few meters away. Talk about, there's a Freudian one there. I went to write Balin and it auto-corrected to Batman. (laughs) Batman skull. Batman skull. God, it's a good thing I'm seeing my notes and you are not. I'm Balin. Dismounting from his howler, Balin remarks how much of a surprise it is to be facing Ahsoka for a second time. He says he didn't expect to see her again. And when Ahsoka asks if he's disappointed, he tells her no. And he sounds pretty genuine when he says that, too. He's like, no. Yeah, well, he didn't want to destroy her at being one of the last Jedi, right? I mean, shame to get rid of her. I don't know. I'm still not sure what they're doing with him. And I'm really upset that Tuesday is the last we're going to get of him. Yeah. ever that's really a bummer continuing balan says however i can't have you interfering and he draws his lightsaber ahsoka says she doesn't have time for this she draws both of hers as well 
Both adversaries take up ready positions, but it's Balin who strikes first with a powerful side strike. But Ahsoka meets his blade with both of, both of hers. By the way, um, do you see how far apart they are in that top image? Mm-hmm. And in one step, <laughs> whoa, we're now face to face. She's fast. <laughs> they close that distance rather quickly. At the caravan, the bandits begin to close uh, to close in, and Ezra asks Sabine, "What's the plan?" Pulling the lightsaber off of her belt, she offers it to Ezra and says, "Here, do your thing." He's like, "What thing?" Sabine says, it's your lightsaber. Take it. And Ezra tells her, no, you keep it. As insistent as Sabine is, Ezra just won't take it back. And he echoes Hu Yang's words. I gave it to you. It's yours now. Resolved that she can't get rid of her lightsaber, Sabine draws her pistols and offers one to Ezra. But Ezra just raises his hands as he tells her, no, the force is my ally. That's all I need. With both pistols at the ready, Sabine answers, well, I'm going to need more than that. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, one of the bandits charges them from the side. Ezra sees the attacker, and he throws Sabine out of the way and then engages with him. Using the force, he blocks the bandit's polearm and then force pushes him back before sweeping the leg of a second attacker. Sabine rushes to get a better firing position, but in the chaos... She's struck in the arm by another unseen bandit. The blow stops her in her tracks, and two more bandits move in against her. She exchanges fire with one of them, but a third bandit rushes in, striking her in the chest with a staff. Meanwhile, Ezra, who's got his hands full, uh, grapples with three more bandits as they attack and withdraw in concert. Ezra fights them hand-to-hand, using an interesting mix of martial arts and the Force to strike, block, and parry, and it's surprisingly effective. Everybody was forceful fighting. (laughs) As Balin and Ahsoka's duel rages on, the smaller Togruta is swift and precise with her movements. Despite Balin's greater stature, he meets and counters every strike with a relative ease. After a brief blade block, a blade lock, he uses his strength to shove Ahsoka back several feet. A guy that big should not be able to move as fluidly as he does. Um, props to the, the, the choreography of this fight. It's really, really well done. At the caravan, one of the bandits tries to sneak around uh, one of the pod houses to shoot Sabine in the back. But the Noti driver spots the bandit and he hurls a cooking pot at his head, uh, <laughs> causing the bandit to miss. With the shot now having gone wide, Sabine whirls and shoots him in the chest. At the same time, Ezra, now fully engaged in hand-to-hand with bandits, uh, leverages a man's arm to get around him. And then with both hands, Force throws the bandit into the air and several feet back where he slams into a pod and falls unconscious to the ground. Looking around, Ezra spots two howlers grazing nearby, but no riders are in sight. But then Shin is behind him with her lit lightsaber swinging at his neck. Ezra instinctively ducks the attack, but the attack is close, so close that it singes some of his hair, which he pauses to look at as he pulls a smoldering piece from his head. With a shrug, he tells her, close. (laughs) Then... Shin resumes her attack. Winding up, she thrusts her blade at his face, but Ezra easily sidesteps it. uh, Following up uh, her thrust, 
Shin spins her entire body 360 degrees and tries another swipe at his neck. But using his forearm, he counterattacks by striking her hand. It's not even a block. And I, I went, I, I watched this sequence three or four times trying to decide, is that a block or is that a counterattack? And I've landed on that is definitely a strike. That is not a, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to hit you. Like that's a hit. Hmm. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Of course, all of the real martial artists in the community are going to say, you know, that's what it was. This. I don't care. <laughs> Making her way back towards Ezra. Sabine is met by the bandit leader who attacks her with a pair of hand axes. She manages to parry uh, with her Beskar gauntlet before landing a kick to his chest. Seizing both of his wrists, Sabine manages to rend the axes from his hands. And in one fluid motion, she ignites her lightsaber and slashes the bandit's face before running him through and kicking him in the chest. How's that for finality? <laughs> well, it wasn't it was in the abdomen, so. Uh, it's pretty lethal there. <laughs> I don't remember. I mean, do they? Do these bandits have their hearts in how, the center? Yeah. Jesus? How many stomachs do these uh, guys have? <laughs> now, clear of the bandits, Sabine rushes to aid Ezra, who holds off Shin using the Force, and in doing so, distorts her blade as if it were stretching in places. It's awesome. This is such a cool visual. I likened it to the. The, the blaster bolt being suspended in, Stuck air. in air. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything special going on here other than this is just an, uh, a visual a, representation. Yeah. That we've just never. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But it looks so good. Yeah. Sabine comes in swinging and clashes blades with Shin, forcing her to step back and reassess things. Ezra tells her things are not looking good for her, but then the sound of the approaching gunships catches everyone's attention and the stakes are about to get much higher. Sabine tells Ezra, take her now. And he tries, but Shin force pushes him back into one of the pods and he's knocked out. Sabine and Shin clash in a rematch as the gunships approach for a landing. As Balin and Ahsoka continue their duel, Ahsoka loses her footing and she falls to her knees. Balin delivers a devastating overhead chop. But Ahsoka manages to block it and gets back to her feet. Blocking uh, uh, her Shoto with his lightsaber, Balin grabs her katana hand. He says, you can't defeat me. But he's blissfully unaware of the T-6 shuttle rapidly approaching from behind. Ahsoka says, perhaps I don't have to. And just then, the T-6 deploys anti-missile flares, which is enough of a distraction for Ahsoka to throw Balin to the ground right into the path of the falling flares. Balin is consumed by the erupting ground and Ahsoka runs for it, while the T-6, still being chased by the fighters, pulls back up into the fog. This is one of the coolest visuals ever, by the way. Um, didn't realize that starfighters carried flares. Anti yeah, I mean, but that's -ordinance, I guess. clearly what it is. Comment from TJC. I think considering how powerful he was portrayed in the end of Rebels, he's obviously not kept up with his training, which is strange considering he was on the run from Thrawn the entire time. That's an interesting thought. Hmm. I read a, I, I read a really cool, like, I don't know if he hasn't kept up with his training. I just think it's, it's changed. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, hmm. he, we don't know if he's built a, a new lightsaber or not. Wow. We don't even know if Kyber exists in this galaxy. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
what's interesting is I, I saw a comment that said it suggested this. And I think it's great. If Ahsoka Tano is the samurai of this series, then Ezra is definitely the monk. Right. You right. Know? And I think that's super cool. We also I mean, don't know how powerful the, like we've seen some force pushes. We've seen some cool stuff, but we really don't yeah. know if the force acts differently here. And the reason I keep thinking stuff like that is because we haven't seen Thrones. Uh, is similar. <laughs> the, Salamiri, the Salamiri. Salamiri. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that, you know, if, if there's any place that they could be from, it could be this galaxy. That's an interesting thought. I never even considered that. Did they, did he actually, I know he had a carving of one or a statue of one. Did he have an actual animal? In, in, in the. In Rebels, did he? No, not in Rebels, no. I know on Heir to the Empire he did. Yeah, and that totally. was the, That's the what anti force bubble. Right. That's oh, made that'll it crazy be powerful. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see if that is a, an aspect of this. Mm. One more episode to find out. Mm. All right. As the um uh, as the dust settles, Balin steps up the hill looking for his quarry, only to spot Ahsoka riding away on his howler. The fight is decisively over, and he takes a moment to catch his breath. Nodding to himself, he looks off in the opposite direction before turning and walking away. It's been a lot of conversation this week about the these last two moments here about you can't defeat me and her running away. Um, first of all, I do believe him when he says you can't defeat me, but I also think that it was never her intent to defeat him. No, she just needed by him. Yeah, there's been a lot of comments saying that Ahsoka ran away from him. And and I just want to go back and say, not not really. She said, I have to get down there. Mm-hmm. And by getting down there, I mean, she's clearly talking about getting back to Ezra and Sabine. So in my mind, she was never running away from Balin. In fact, when she jumped off the shuttle, he just happened to be where she landed. Yeah, She's not <laughs> running away from him. She's no. running towards them. Yeah, it's like. Like football, you're not running away from the defensive end. You're trying to get a touchdown, and that's all she's doing. He's an obstacle. Be, be, she yeah, could take absolutely. the time to maybe beat yeah. him in a lightsaber battle, yeah. but it's not practical. Yeah. Um, her Padawan is in danger, and she's not going to let her be. The, 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 the last time, she, she basically wasted time fighting him instead of just yeah, yeah, doing what should have been done. Interesting thought. Um, sadly, we're not going to get a rematch. <laughs> A re-re? A re-rematch? Rubber match. Is that what we're calling it? Rubber match. All right. right. Well, as the caravan, uh, at, sorry, at the caravan, Ezra gets back to his feet and he shakes off the cobwebs just as the two gunships set down and night troopers begin pouring out and surrounding them. Thrawn watches from his tactical display. Seeing the ships have landed, he orders both teams to to deploy and to circle the caravan as the tactical markers uh, on the display spread out thrawn realizes that balin is missing morgan checks the display for herself and she's shocked that he's absent she almost looks a little nervous there mm-hmm. like, oh what's going on i vouch for these guys what the hell's he doing <laughs> there it is please don't beat me <laughs> sabine and shin continue to trade blows and at one point sabine is kicked to the ground Ezra uses the force to pull her out from under a very definitive killing blow. And Sabine uses her flamethrower to keep Shin at bay. At the same time, the night troopers have surrounded uh, the caravan and there is nowhere for them to go. Shin orders the troopers to destroy them. 
and they all raise their weapons. And then Ezra throws up his hands. Wait, wait, wait. Stalling, he says uh, they could talk it out <laughs> before changing gears and asking if Shin wants to take them in as prisoners. Right? You want to take us in, right? Right? Yeah, prisoners is good. Come on. He exactly. loves to escape. That's his, that's his, that's his. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's go. Let's just run away. He's used to being a prisoner. Her response uh, is to command the troopers to fire. But before they can, three of them are blown off their feet as Ahsoka gallops in on Balin's howler. Uh, TJC follow-up says uh, she couldn't beat him as she's too busy worrying about Sabine and Ezra. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think it was her intent exactly. to, to beat him. It was just, yeah. I need to get past you to get to where I'm going. Uh, Dark Older, uh, where are we at here? Sorry, I skipped right over that. Uh, Wes, Balin will 100% be back. Uh, no doubts that he will be. I just don't think that he and Ahsoka are going to have another confrontation. Follow up. All you have to do is have him enter a glowing orb and he comes back as a new actor. <laughs> this power has changed me. That's an interesting, uh, oh, and uh, definitively done. Um, that's an interesting thought. Uh, have you guys put any consideration into recasting this role? I have not. Have you seen I, some of the faces getting tossed around? I want to finish the story first before I speculate on whether he should be recast or not. He could just throw himself into a pit. Like, there's so many things. There's so many things they could have done with the character to rewrite yeah. his story so that it's something that occurs naturally. Where, like, okay. you know, if he's left behind, then All we right, can we'll, fan fiction it up if we want. You know, we'll uh, we'll put a pin in that. We'll come yeah. back to that. And we want to honor the actor too. And I, I, I suspect the creators even more so than than the fans. That is probably yeah. true. Right. That is probably true. But it is part of what we do here. We will speculate. Yeah. We'll come back to it. So maybe he throws himself into the force gate and seals it off like Buffy did. Oh, really? Possibly. <laughs> All right, uh, Ezra and Sabine split, uh, split, forcing the troopers to go after them while Shin tries her hand at fighting Ahsoka at the center of the caravan. <laughs> Swinging wildly, Shin is met by a barehanded Ahsoka at every turn of her blade. Finally, Ahsoka just force pushes her to the ground. Yeah, I'm not even going to bother with a lightsaber with you. Yeah, severely <laughs> out. I can do it too, Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Overhead. Sabine, hold these. <laughs> Sabine's got three. Overhead in the T6, Hu Yang, still being chased by the fighters, makes another pass over the caravan. And seeing the rebels reunited, he remarks that he hopes live he hopes that he lives long enough to see the outcome. They're together. <laughs> Which is what he told them to do. That's right, yeah. And with her lightsaber in one hand and a pistol in the other, Sabine cuts through swaths of night troopers. Uh, have we already passed the part where we we hear them audibly, not modulated? Yeah, and, uh, well, it's kind mm -hmm. of it's it's like, permeated oh, oh, oh. throughout the entire fight that there yeah. is like clearly there. There are people it's in your, there. It's your typical stormtrooper under right. a mask, like right. yeah, like no radio, green, no green mist. Yeah, yeah, none of the vapors. Yeah, so nope. not a reanimated army. Yeah, Couple really. Wilhelms for a good measure. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> As I say, we uh, I, I made an, a point to say, yeah, we see no green vapors erupt from these guys, which may break one of the prevailing theories about them. Your zombie theory sucks. <laughs> it wasn't my theory. No, no, no. <laughs> we no, need no. the Dave Filoni card update. Yeah. <laughs> one of them manages to land a shot at her back, but her Beskar armor absorbs the blast and Sabine guns him down while two others continue to fire. 
Ezra, moving swiftly, uses the force to plow his way through entire groups of troopers. Then tangling with one of them, he forces the soldier to shoot one of his compatriots before disarming him of his blaster and turning it on him. That's grim. With a flick of his hand, he throws another trooper and relentlessly shoots others who fill in the gaps. He's still pretty powerful. Oh, absolutely. I feel like he's, oh, pretty, he's pretty powerful. The way he's taking him out, you know, maybe he's collecting them tags. Maybe he has been the uh, murder hobo on this world. <laughs> Sabine launches a wrist rocket at a trio of troopers, and they are blown right off their feet. Between the two of them, they have managed to subdue or kill a significant number of troopers. I did not get a head count of what came off those two gunships, but it was a lot. Yeah. You might be able to count the markers in that. Oh, throwing. I, I, I thought about that, but I that. didn't think it was an accurate... I didn't think it was an accurate. Well, if he knows no. that down to the man, Balin's not there. Yeah. Speaking of numbers, we're going to get to some numbers here coming up here shortly. Well, it's a point not lost on Thrawn, who watches the battle unfold on his tactical display. He says, what a rare sight, almost like the Jedi of old. And then he orders the remaining troops and the fighters to be recalled. Morgan looks surprised at the order, and Thrawn calls it unfortunate but acceptable losses given the absence of Lord Balin. Morgan avoids making eye contact with him. Then continuing, Thrawn says that one might even consider this first match with Ahsoka a success. Morgan says that she only sees their enemies reunited, but Thrawn, who likes to be several steps ahead of everyone, offers to show her what he sees. Flipping a switch, the tactical display now shows a wireframe diagram of the Chimera. The wireframe diagram pushes in on the hangar, and he points out that with the enemy distracted, the cargo transfer is nearly complete, which means soon they'll be able to leave. Continuing. Star Wars AutoCAD is banging. <laughs> it's pretty, like, bleh. Continuing, he tells Morgan that Ahsoka has lost the one thing that she couldn't afford to lose today, and that is time. Time, which is now on his side, and he intends to keep it that way. Turning to walk away, Thrawn leaves Morgan alone in the rotunda. Uh, pushing in on the uh, the Orabesh there in our wireframe of the hangar, uh, you've got a status bar that that moves and it changes three times over the course of this uh, this scene. It says cargo load starting at eight hundred and fourteen. It goes to eight twenty four and ends at eight thirty four. By the time uh, we cut, I had thought that that four was a percentage. So 81%, oh. 82%, 83%. I would have to double check that. You may be right. You may be right. Um, I really got this sense of like, if that's an actual number, if it's 800 um, and we've got one day left, I said to Andy before we went live tonight, I'm like, does that mean we're, we're like coming up on like a thousand bodies that we're taking back or that we're loading? I'm going to look we at that again. Tell what, like, because there's like, I don't know how good this, the, the schematic it, is. Do these, are these one-to-one? -one? I don't know. Right, so they there's empty be. slots there that look like you've only got one, two, three, four, That's five. That's true. They could be. Six, I mean, seven, eight, nine, ten bodies one, to load. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, eighteen by what? One, uh, uh, two, uh. three, four, five, five or six rows. You have to make the count us counting for 10 minutes a short. 108 <laughs> if it's 18 by 6. If it's 18 by 6, Andy says we're 108 bodies. Nice. That's interesting. 
Nice. Well, that's a lot less than the 830. Mind you, I don't think it's the scale because that hangar, I mean, there are ties hanging in there and there are, there were shuttles on the on the hangar floor. So I don't know. Watch us read way too much into a scene. <laughs> if Again. It's five, though, it yeah. comes out to 90, which circles back to your three times three. Oh, there you go. In that whole triad thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. I almost did a deep dive on 21. Anakin left her 21 recordings. I'm like, nope, you can all research the significance oh, of 21. I was going to say own. something, but she doesn't say 21. She says she says he made 20 more of 20 these. or more. I didn't hear the or. I heard yeah. 20 more. 20 or more of these. Yeah, the subtitles. Ah, see, now I got to go back more. and watch that. I got I, I, I concluded 21 when I heard 20 more. Hmm. All right, I'm gonna have to relook that. Okay, back at the caravan. Uh, back at the caravan, an imperial sentry droid pipes a signal to the remaining troops who begin to disengage and retreat back to their gunships. Sabine bullseyes one of them before she realizes that, oh yeah, they they're leaving. Shin, caught off guard by the sudden change of tactics, looks up at the sentry, confused by the signal. Sabine and Ezra now join Ahsoka at the center of the caravan, and now it's three against one. And as the gunships lift off and pull away, Ahsoka tells Shin to surrender her weapon. Shin stands there defiantly, but Ahsoka extends an open hand to her. I can help you. Hmm. Shin's defiance begins to crumble, but she doesn't take the offer. Instead, she turns and bolts. Sabine moves to, ch moves to chase after her, uh, but Ahsoka stops her, and the three of them watch as Shin races across the tundra on her howler. Uh, Darkholder, that could be one bay of multiple bays of bodies. True. That's entirely true. possible. Especially if it's just that a percentage of loading, right? True. True. And, and this scene right here, it's kind of nice to see it from the opposite end. Like, we've seen the Sith Lord extend his hand how many oh, times Oh, yeah, yeah, before. join me. And now, join me. there's Ahsoka. I can help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in an altruistic way, too, right? Like, yeah. I can That's help. super Ahsoka. Yeah. That's super Ahsoka. Like, that she's true. all, you know, yeah, she's a, yeah. Being the uh, resident Star Wars tech nerd, um, I, I actually, at first, I thought, oh, we've seen this droid before. Um, but it turns out we have, but we haven't. Um, mm -hmm. This appears to be a variation of the uh, IMG-099 Imperial Mark IV patrol droid. That model of droid, of course, was introduced in uh, A New Hope, the special edition back in 1997. But what we see here in Ahsoka is not that. It is an unknown variant of that. Maybe it's mm -hmm. the Mark III or the Mark II. Well, that's what I mean. And that's the other thing, too. Um we have to remember that what we're seeing in Ahsoka, that droid predates the events of A New Hope. So the one in, in the episode could be older, could be an earlier model, yeah. or they could just be two models within the same family. Yeah. Well, used uh, primarily, now this is uh, speaking about the uh, the Mark IV, used primarily for scouting missions. Uh, uh, as such, it was equipped with specialized sensors that could record holographic images. That being said, it's almost certainly the reason why Thrawn has that real-time tactical display of the fight, because the sentry droid is transmitting it. And in that sense, 
I'm surprised that we haven't seen these used more often because that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, TJC, what do we got here? TJC says, I don't want to go too far ahead, but they are loading the chimera with whatever it is in the hold, but the eye of Scion had to have three hyperdrives to reach the planet. Does the chimera have that many or will it dock uh, with it to combine the two? I've always Almost believed. Certainly. I've always believed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where is it here? I got it this week, Hank. Um, let me go back here. Just remind me, Andy, we're uh, number 48. 40, we're going to 49. We're going to 49, but I want to back up because I had mentioned it before and you missed it. Um, I'll know it when I see it. Oh my God, is it that far back? Maybe. <laughs> oh, wow. Where are we? Where are we? Almost there. Almost there. Was it that far back? Oh my gosh. Maybe I didn't put it in this week's episode. Uh oh. There was a there was there. a shot of the chimera over top of the fortress where you could see just the smaller engines lit and not the main, the three main. Oh, right there. It's right there. It, uh, and it's super small, so you can't really make it out. But mm. trust me when I tell you. Give you a bigger version of it last when it pulled up first, yeah. right? Because yeah, right. all the engines were lit. The main but engines weren't they were not lit. lit. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is a, a visual cue to tell us that it's not running under full power. No. Right. If anything, they're conserving power for might not even be able to leave the atmosphere. We were kind well, of yeah. Out. And I mean, having we've already seen the eye of Scion dip into the planet's atmosphere. Right. So yeah, I, I do it down low enough to dock, and I do feel like there's a we're getting yeah. a docking. It's the it's uh, wicked world's biggest Jedi starfighter. Seriously. Yeah. What did I say? We're going to 40, 49. 49. Okay, here we go. Well, now the rebels have time uh, have time to take in the fact that they are now reunited. Sabine remarks that she thought Ahsoka was dead, but Ahsoka laughs it off as she uh, waves at Ezra and she says, and miss this reunion? Ezra laughs too, and they share a big hug. Sabine smiles as uh, she looks down at the ground for a moment before lifting her head to look at her friends as they embrace Ahsoka looks at Sabine and she laughs out loud as she runs her hand through Ezra's shaggy beard. Perplexed, Ezra looks at Sabine and says, wait, he thought she was dead? With a grin, she remarks, clearly I was wrong. Mm -hmm. Then Huyang, piloting the T-6 shuttle, flies in and drops, uh, drops into a hover just a few meters above the caravan. Ezra's naughty friend and Sabine's howler exit from the pod house and approach the group. Spacious, aren't they? Yeah. Well, <laughs> did you notice that Ezra's is bigger than everybody else's? He's a big yeah, yeah. Exactly, right? So no no wonder they throw it into his. Yeah. Ezra kneels down and takes the little fellow's hand and reassures him that these are his friends. As the Noti chatter away, others gradually open their pods and come outside to join them. Looking at his friends, Ezra smiles as he remarks, guys, I think I might be going home after all. Oh. As the three of them stand there reveling in the moment, in the moment, the Noti villagers all celebrate, and as the camera lifts up over the pods, we cut to black. Ugh. Tell them already. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, by the <laughs> way, it was a one-way trip. Yeah. So cool the only, it'll be a, the it'll only be, way it'll back. Be okay now. Is What's the, the sneak aboard? Darkholder says, did the I not have way more than uh, more hyperdrives than three? I felt it was like seven or nine. I think uh, it was like yeah. three clusters. Yeah, clusters, clusters. Yeah. The guy had said that they'd uh, made nine of them. Yeah. Um, so three blocks of three. 
there were those two banks of three looked like star drives or whatever they were. And then something at the bottom, they installed the last hyperdrive on the bottom, Mm -hmm. but hyperdrive doesn't necessarily equate to, you know, thrust. Yeah. But yeah, definitely more was definitely more than three. I I would think. Yeah. Not, not the best episode ever, but definitely in the top seven Ahsoka episodes. (laughs) In the top seven. (laughs) Um, This did come out. This is another one I saw this week. And I actually agree with this one. If, if everybody, if everybody is going back uh, by the end of uh, episode eight, it's going to be a la the Millennium Falcon latched onto the hull of the Star Destroyer when they put the garbage mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rebels are like, it felt like every other episode they were sneaking on board Imperial ships disguised as Imperials. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, I wouldn't put this past them uh, in some fashion. Uh, there, I certainly there are a lot of loose ends to wrap up before. Yes, you know, well, I'm expecting a, a, a vast runtime. Actually, I don't know if there's. Are you? Oh, uh, I don't know if it's been leaked yet or not. So I, I, I haven't. Don't, I don't have hours. Oh, I can do it. That'd be a hell of a live watch. Now that we've cut through, I, I'm going to get our. I, I want to do. I do want to get to afterthoughts, but I, I, before we forget about it, let's go. Let's circle back to uh, the character of Balin School. Recasting. I'm not saying they should. I'm not saying they will. Mm. But if they were to, mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts around that? Like who who I would yeah. recast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know who. See, um, I'm sure that they, when you're in the middle of filming something, you understand the the magic that's happening in real time. Yeah. Um, I I certainly don't think that. Well, as a fan, I knew he was a talented actor, and uh, I've enjoyed him in other things. Um, I enjoyed him a lot as Gar Saxon. It's just a voice, but um, I didn't really understand. I was going to enjoy the character this much. It's very well written, very well acted. Mm-hmm. Um, Lots of nuance. A little bit like Lauren keeps saying though, he's not Luke Skywalker, right? We've only had him for a couple hours. Mm. Realistically, mm. he's yeah. not, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and not to do nothing against the actor or anything like that, but, we he's don't have not, the emotional investment in him. Is that what is that what we're getting at? I guess like he's not a legacy character that you couldn't recast. Right, right. Now, would they do that to hit the actor's legacy, which is different from the character's legacy? Um, again, I don't want to speculate too much because they probably have a plan built in. There's there's been plenty of time for them to rework what's been shot. Lots of time to think about it. With maybe nothing. give him a character death, or yeah. Um, I personally, I feel like I'd rather see a really cool character death, or have him uh, trapped, make a really cool decision that endears him to us, and then remain trapped on this in this galaxy. We don't know anything about him, and he can he can. We all sort of saw what happened. Fan fic him out, kind of right. We all saw what happened with the death of Carrie Fisher and how, you know, that impacted Star Wars going forward on the film side of things. But again, like, and not to take anything away from Ray, don't get me wrong. It it almost sounds crass when I think about it, but he he ain't no Carrie Fisher. Like That is true. He's not Princess Leia. That character doesn't have that kind of legacy within the body of the thing. Yeah. I I would, I personally, I would rather see them recast uh, Cara Dune than, than Balin Skull. Um, but I don't think it would be 
in poor taste if they have bigger plans for the character. Yeah, we've seen it in Game that. of Thrones. I was gonna say we've television has had had this like we've recasted characters in television. Witcher. Well, that's happening. Um, and I keep going back to the one that I like to t- to bring up all the time as what I consider to be a successful recasting hmm. was uh, casting um, the recasting of uh, oh my gosh, Darren uh, Spartacus. Oh yeah, <laughs> Darren and that, that worked really yeah, well. Really. Uh, no, in Spartacus, when they cast Liam McIntyre after the passing of Andy Whitfield. Now, Good Liam Becky is not Andy. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, but it, recastings happen, and some of them mm-hmm. work. Some better than others. No, absolutely. Dumbledore, right? That's true. That's that, a major yeah. one. That's yeah. a real big one. That, that is a real big one. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one that uh, I just want to catch up here with the uh, Darkholder's got some comments here before we get back to it. Um, let's just catch up here. I don't think the heroes make it back in episode eight. I think they come back on skeleton crew. That's an interesting thought. Um, our Goonies in space uh, in the Star Wars universe uh, series. That's yeah. is that the next one coming? I don't know for sure. It I don't know makes I thought it almost makes more back. sense for them to live out the rest of their lives in this galaxy scene as they don't play roles and anything right like, right like no big stake things but again 35 years between trilogies is a lot of room to fill yeah 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 and then uh one more it de- uh, from dark holder it depends if balen dies and what plans they had for fu- the future of this mysterious power that he he keeps talking about right 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 are there bigger plans for this character that are written beyond probably yeah. i'm sure the long game is especially if they're going to Joris to buy off him and then right. he could totally come back withered and different and, and, and have us buy it. One of the, hopefully not looking like Snoke one. Well, so I saw that and I'm like, no, no, but the other one that I saw this week that I can get behind. And, and if it were to happen, I would totally throw my, I would throw my cap in for this one. Uh, Liev Schreiber. Hmm. Oh, Liev sure. Schreiber. I think, could do it i I think he's got he definitely has the look Mm. and i don't know how big he is but i feel like he has the the presence to do it i'll do it Um, if you give me lifts all right so um what about mel gibson mm -hmm. uh, i try not to talk about mel gibson as much as i can although i am Mm -hmm. watching the continental right now so mel gibbons I want to get some of the afterthoughts about this episode and sort of some more of the going forwards. And I, I'm, I'm going to talk about Shin a little bit here. I wanted to talk about her, uh, how she quickly became sort of this like, oh, oh, I need to know more about her. Um, in some ways, you know, like in that conversation she had with Balin in the last episode where they're talking about being trained like a Jedi and her first words are like me. Mm-hmm. Oh, so she actually thinks that he's training her on some level, she believes that she was being trained as a Jedi. Right. This episode comes along and out of no, like really out of nowhere, go take your place in the empire. Mm-hmm. You're well, not get, happening. Or you're not helping. This. So this whole, like I've seen people phrase it as he's released her from his tutelage. Um, No, 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 no. She was just abandoned. Yeah. She's already weary of this, the, the, the allies that they have. She didn't like them to begin with. And now she's been abandoned by her master. If that does not set her up for the flip that I think is coming, then I don't know what will. 
he might have even thought genuinely it's safer for her safer for her oh there where he's he's not you know but yeah especially if there's a character death but um i do i do think it sets up a flip um where does she go now when she's riding away does she try to go and find balin does she go back to does she try to get back to the fortress before the chimera leaves what does she do she she's on a, a hound and he's on foot yep i mean she so could she ride him down pretty quick. Here's a here's a dark Jedi thing to do. Sure. You know, an apprentice tries to kill the master. <laughs> ah. She could be seriously pissed about this. Yeah, yeah. You left me to die back there. What the hell? Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, but and only pissed in terms of how it went. It could have went very well. And yeah. She could be on the bridge of the the Eye of Zion right now as the person who killed Ezra Bridger and Sabine Wren, but it mm, did. Yeah, we, yeah. We knew it wouldn't go well. <laughs> Uh, Ezra even says this is not going to go well for you. Well, with all of our rebels reunited, the big question is what happens next, and we've only got one episode left to play that out. Any any thoughts? Any speculations on how that might look? Well, she's definitely biker scout helmets. Some helmets. You think we're getting a biker, a, starting a new collection? A couple biker scout helmets. Sneak on board. <laughs> Thrawn finds them. It's too late. They've they got, all jump together. They've got some bodies that they could do that with. I they mean, totally do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, man, there's so many different ways we could go. They certainly got to find their way off. And and if they don't, then they season two is about how they find their way off. Especially because if Thrawn goes back and Hera is the only like the only voice of reason. Yeah. I mean, maybe she's got Leia in her in her pocket, and therefore Luke, I guess, um, which is how the heir to the Empire thing sort of plays out. But you remember, like when we when we meet Thrawn and heir to the Empire, he's he's in command of a quarter of the galaxy. That's right. Yep. Like only three quarters of the galaxy is New Republic. Like it's not really a em- whole lot, though. I mean, you say it that way, but it's also in the wake of like there's no Empire anymore. It's no. The, you know, he's holding on. He's the glue that's holding it all together. Certainly. But he's, they operate with anonymity in one quarter of the galaxy freely. The, they don't have to hide. He knows he doesn't have the strength to do it. That's the whole crux of going after the, the dreadnought fleet uh, right. to amass enough power to, right. to regain that control. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting if that aspect comes into play somehow. Is there some kind of way, you know, there is Wayland, and then I, I I go back to what about the the last order fleet that's secretly being built out in Exegol? Like, mm-hmm. does it, do we get sort of a name drop there or an allusion to the these things are happening? Because these shows are going to be the connective tissue, like it or not, yeah. to this equal trilogy. I guess the other big question I have, uh, Carson Teva, our man, our boy, Paul. He dropped it. What about the events on Mandalore? And then I also want to, I want to ask how are the events of Ahsoka going to influence season four of the Mandalorian? Because that's going to happen before we get another season of Ahsoka. I guess it all depends on whether or not the eye of Sion gets back. I get next episode. Basically another, it's getting back. I think it's going to get back. And like dark older says, uh, somebody's going to get left behind. Yeah, I think she tries to make it back and does not make it and is left behind. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense for Ahsoka to be involved in that Mandalore thing anyway. I mean, not Ahsoka, I sorry, Sabine. So. Yeah. 
Um, she's obviously the other character besides Bo-Katan that's literally Mandalorian royalty. That's right. Yep. That's right. We got a long way to go before we Man. get though. Uh, before we get there, this is it for Star Wars television for uh, a bit. for a little bit. Um, we got the writer strike is over, uh, pretty much over now. Pretty We're still much. waiting now to hear for the actors. Waiting for the actors to see what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. It should they should follow suit. I hear good things. I would hope so. I would hope so. But uh, that being said, um, I want to just circle back to our watch party. We are doing a live watch party on Tuesday night. Uh, you are all invited. As I said, you will have to have your own uh, subscription to Disney Plus. I do have, I just want to kind of go through how this is going to work on Tuesday. Cause like I said, we'll be here early. Uh, at least myself and Andy will be here probably about uh, 830 Eastern ish, but a half an hour before the show, just to hang out with you guys and sort of get the sort of the pre-show jitters out of the way. What's everybody mm-hmm. thinking? What's everybody feeling? Put up the chalkboard, say, place your bets. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and then uh, when nine o'clock rolls around, um, we'll all, refresh our browsers uh or our uh streaming apps at the same time and we will commence watching the show hopefully within a few seconds of each other i do have a countdown timer and i'm gonna run that right now so for those of you who are planning on coming on tuesday night you'll have it you'll see exactly what's going to happen and we will all know that this is how it's going to work so follow me along here as we test the countdown timer here we go there we go so that's pretty much how it's going to work as it's counting down uh get ready to refresh if you just sit in the like the ahsoka panel or even in the star wars menu at the uh refresh and play now you could just hit ahsoka play true so we should all be within a couple of seconds of each other now are Mm -hmm. we going to watch the recap or are we going to skip it uh i i I would just say let's not let's not i do too uh don't skip anything don't if you really want to skip, if you're going to skip through stuff, don't Shut be the, the first person up. to comment. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I think how it's do we put a tape a play on people? <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you guys show up. Um, hopefully, uh, it's going to be a good episode. I think it's going to be good. This is going to be good. It's going to leave some us of the best. So well, much, and that's so. it. And I think that's the thing that disappoints me is that. Uh, it's going to leave us drooling for more. We mm. might have a we might have a break on our Sunday night live streams uh, for a little while um, until we decide what we want to do next. If we want to keep the train rolling with something else, if we dip back over into the MCU, we got season two of Loki. That's uh, Loki. Loki's it's coming Wednesday, out. Yeah, it's uh, Wednesday, so uh, there there technically would be some overlap this week if we wanted to do that. Or season two of Shorzy just started. Nice. To watch season one. Nice. Yes, you should. Darkholder says, I will show up. Right on. We'll be one here. Piece, with you. One piece has been pretty great. You're not the first person. We had a we had a phone call on yeah, Tuesday Eric night uh, recommending One Piece. That's um, pretty great, actually. So I started watching the original anime because I'd never seen it before. I've never seen it either. So, and those were questions that I had. Does it does the anime uh do you need to watch the anime to watch you know, the he's he said a, no. He said it's be, good, be, like it's great. Be telling of it. So yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. 
Well, man, I think that's it for us. Does anybody have anything else they want to close up on before we uh, we Amen. part for the night? Seventh best episode ever. Seventh best episode. <laughs> and now when I say that, I mean like 11.5 out of 10 instead of an 12. <laughs> just an ele- measly 11 and a half. Right. No, oh, it's been And great. you know, like I always say, and this is classic story structure, is that you pump the brakes or take a deep breath right oh, yeah. before the, the finale. Suck back and reload. This yeah. pumping of the brakes was wall-to-wall action. Yeah. When I hear other, you know, influencers saying uh boring, I have to wonder what what's oh, going on there. Yes. Well, you know, no names. Show. No names, no pack no drill, names. but I, I know who you're talking about. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, you're boring. That's why mm-hmm. I don't want you anymore. Anyway, uh, enough of that stuff. We don't need to get into that kind of politicking. Uh, I hope you guys had a great time. I know uh, this is, it's always a treat when we get to sit back and hang out with you guys and, and, uh, and chew on all of the nerd stuff that we love. Uh, Tuesday nights uh, normally will be, uh, we'll be still doing random fandom on Tuesday nights, except for this coming Tuesday, obviously for the live stream uh, for the, the watch random. party. i wonder what happened there but other than that we will be back with more at some point (laughs) yes we will awesome all right guys well until next time and there will be a next time for fandom power my name is wes i'm andy and i'm hank and uh, we will see you on the next one so bye for now everybody hey guys thanks for listening to fandom power be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. 